And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm uh, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And our guest today is Aaron Cabido. Aaron, I met uh, a while ago. He's, he's a member of the Fredericksburg Street Photography Collective, who we had on here as a group. Uh, I guess it's been about a year ago now. And uh, they're quite quite an interesting and very active group. They're in Fredericksburg, Virginia, just about an hour away from me. And uh, well, anyway, enough of them. We'll talk about them. But uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron is a uh, security engineer in the, basically the financial industry. I guess I'm waiting for him to nod there. Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. Definitely okay. the financial industry. The yeah. financial industry. Yeah, he keeps he keeps our money safe from Russian hackers and all kinds of bad guys. So uh, anyway, Aaron, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Hi. Glad to be here. Happy happy to get the invitation and come chat with you. Yeah. No, I'm glad to have you. We've talked in person a little, and he does some pretty cool things you need to know about. Some things I want to know more about. So, uh, great. So, so, yeah, so we're going to talk. But uh, before we get into that, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about yourself, your background, and, uh, sure. you know, how you got the street photography? Yeah. Um, well, like you said, I, for my work, uh, I work on uh, network firewalls for a financial services company. Um, been doing that for security work for the last 20 years or so. Uh, maybe a little longer at this point. Um, you're a geek. Yeah. <laughs> a nerd. Yeah. in in a certain ways, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so I look at, you know, I read numbers <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that, you know, that's just what I do for work. I've been a hobbyist. I would, I guess you'd say photographer also for the last 20 years or so. Mostly when I started out, I was shooting pictures of family, uh, kids, mainly my kids and, uh, their cousins and, you know, various family events and, uh, got into shooting 35 millimeter back then. Cause really it was before digital was a thing. Yeah. So, uh, I had, uh, I think the first SLR I had was a, a Rico KR two. Uh, with with the Pentax came out on it, so I bought, found several Pentax lenses and just kind of shot with those for a number of years. Um, when my kids got older, I kind of got into starting to shoot outside of family stuff and uh, started shooting. I picked up a Yashica GSN rangefinder, shot that for a while, uh, mainly with black and white Tri-X film. Just shooting landscapes and architecture and things that caught my eye, and I guess that's kind of how I got eventually got into street photography. Uh, when I guess people started being more interesting than things, <laughs> yeah, um, they generally are. Yeah. So after after shooting stuff for a while, I kind of just turned my lens, started turning my lens at people. Um, I've really only been heavily into street photography, with you know more than just dabbling in it for the last two or three years, I guess you'd say. Um, the pandemic's given me the chance to work from home full-time, and I've had a lot more spare time since I'm not commuting um, to, 
pursue street photography and it's kind of become, you know, my main hobby and more than a hobby kind of, you know, I love doing it now. So (laughs) whenever I can get out, you'll find me walking around Fredericksburg and, you know, getting, not getting in people's faces, but (laughs) trying to capture what's going on around town and, and the people and, and uh, I just really enjoy it. Yeah. Do you shoot anywhere else besides your hometown? <sighs> uh, not, not regularly. Yeah. Um, again, with the pandemic, I haven't had the chance to travel much. Um, I intend to. We shot up in D.C. Our group last year. Um, we came and visited Charlottesville, although I didn't make that trip. Yeah, I know. Um, and uh, you know. Uh, I'm in Richmond now and then, but I haven't really shot much street down there yet. Uh, I do want to get down there to Richmond soon. Really enjoy that town uh, and spend a day or so shooting down there. And uh, yeah, so there's there's uh, some great places to shoot around here, you know, within an hour's drive either way. Uh, yeah. So. yeah. But primarily I'm in and around Fredericksburg, which seems like a small town and it is, uh, but I haven't run out of things to shoot yet. So that's good to hear, yeah. you know, my town's smaller than yours. And, you know, I often feel like, God, I've seen it all. Hmm. What else is there to shoot? And then your group came to visit and I, and I've had other people come to visit mm-hmm. and when somebody else is here, it looks like a new place to me. Yeah, you know, because all of a sudden I see them going, "Oh, let's you know, let's look at that. Let's you know, yeah. go over to this place." And New perspectives, yeah, it, it, yeah, it really helps. If you get bored, I think where you live, yeah, yeah I, I like some to, visitors. I like to kind of look around and see what people are shooting in Fredericksburg. You know, people that aren't in our group, part of our group, and just other people shooting around Fredericksburg, and you always see something kind of new or, or different, uh, different perspective from what you're used to seeing, which is, it's great, great to see, expand your, your, uh, you know, possibilities of things you can do. Yeah. I was, uh, in fact, I was in Florida for, went to Florida for three weeks and we were on this Island, Singer Island, small, you know, and not, not a lot, not a lot happening, no busy city streets, things like that. And, uh, I was getting, you know, getting a little tired of shooting there. My wife was getting tired of me doing it. And then, uh, I don't know if you know of Craig Litton, he's a, a commercial photographer or photojournalist, mm-hmm. great street photographer. He lives close to there. He came down for a okay. day and we went out, shot for a day and, uh, I, uh, just watching him work. It's funny. Cause we would, were photographing a lot of the same things. And then I look at the end results. I looked at my photos and he sent me ones that he took. I mean, he had a completely different take on things. Yeah. Being a, a pro, especially a photojournalist, he's used to, you know, moving around and, mm-hmm. and getting the best angle where I, I just tend to like go straight on. It taught mm-hmm. me a lot. Just looking at his work. Yeah, that that's, and I I heard that in one of your recent episodes, and oh, I mentioned it, that before. It, <laughs> oh, it, it made it made me think though, um, and I've I've kind of 
tried to keep that in the back of my mind the last few times I've shot because uh, I, I think I tend and maybe everyone's that way we tend to to find an angle we're comfortable with yeah you know, when shooting on the street yeah um, and it's hard to kind of break that pattern but yeah I, I tend to to maybe shoot subjects at maybe like 90 degree angles to how how they're moving you mm-hmm. know through the scene and uh, it's been good to to try to consciously be aware of you know what what angle I'm approaching them at and uh, use some different different ways of doing that. Yeah, I'm actually planning to write an article about that and using some of those photos as an example. And another one uh, that Jeremy Stevens shot hmm. we, when we were he was in he was in Charlottesville and we were outside the store and these ladies were walking by and they were laughing and I got a you know just a quick quick grab shot from my angle and then he took one he moved around a little bit and his was, was fabulous yeah <laughs> he's really good jeremy's he's, great he's very very good yeah yeah super talented super amount of knowledge and experience and he just makes it look easy but he's yeah and by the way he was our feature in our in our february issue so anybody mm-hmm. listening to this you want to check out his work go look at our february 2022 issue and see so um i know when uh when we were talking on the street i photographed you we're going to use that for our graphic by the way i like using my own awesome. stuff on those things yeah so it's not often i get to meet people in person yeah you know usually they're on a, you know the other side of the world or the other side of the country uh I spoke to a guy the other day in Japan, hmm. but uh, anyway, you... yeah, that was that was a fun day when we when we met up. And glad yeah. we got that chance. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. I, I know I think I've mentioned it in other episodes, but uh, um, it's uh, it was a very interesting concept. It was a lot of fun. Um, but when we met, you talked. You were talking about how you use vintage lenses. You shoot on Fuji. You, Yep. I and have um, it, it, a number so, of, well, right now I don't, I don't have that many truly vintage lenses, but mm-hmm. I have a few. Um, but yeah, I, I mainly shoot manual focus lenses, um, which I guess most of those you find out there are, are vintage of, of some era. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just, um, I don't know what it is about shooting manual focus that I enjoy so much. Um it kind of, I kind of started doing it. Like I said, I had my Pentax SLR and I had a handful of Pentax lenses. And then I got a Pentax, uh, DSLR when I went digital. And then I had a Pentax, their first mirrorless camera, which is kind of colloquially, colloquially cut. (laughs) Colloquially referred to (laughs) as, uh, the brick now because it was kind of just a a brick looking thing with and they kept the same flange distance on it so you could use the old lenses on it so it was kind of a weird looking thing Um, but i had that and i had my pentax lenses and it had focus peaking on it and this was the pentax k01 in case anyone's interested but it uh uh kind of taught me to use focus peaking and uh I guess I just kind kind of got into to using that method, and and I really enjoy it. And although autofocus is 
has its place. Um, I really, I only have one autofocus Fuji lens. Um, and really I only shoot it when it's raining cause it's, you know, it's weather resistant. So which one, which I, one do you I have? I have the 23 millimeter. F2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, got that one. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, a... I, I enjoy the, I guess the experience of, of shooting manual focus and just having that fingertip control. Yeah. Um, I think I've got a bunch of Fuji lenses myself. Not many of them are, are good to use in manual. They're, yeah, they kind of slip, and uh, especially on the X100, it, it, yeah, that's all. That's almost impossible to shoot. Any of those focus by wire, yeah, you know, systems just don't give you the same feel as a truly like manually coupled, you know, focus ring. Just impossible. So, what do you? Um, I mean, are, are there any that have a particular look that you really like that uh, yeah. is very unique? I mean, the new lenses now are so, so sharp. Yeah. They lose a lot of character of yep. some and, of the older ones. You know, and a, a good portion of photographers, that's the first thing they ask. How sharp is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, you know how, many, how many lines of resolution are there in the corners? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and... For, for my for my taste for the way I shoot street photography, I most ninety nine percent of the time I don't care what's going on in the corner of the image. I care less if it's sharp or, or out of focus or well, and it's you know a lot of times it, it looks better if it's sure. added or or yeah not I guess, sharp. I mean so. I guess that works if you're photographing like flowers or birds or mm. you know. Thing, things you want to be perfect yeah you're shooting life life is not perfect right so i yeah far from perfect exactly i have um i recently picked up a voigtlander not a vintage one but you know they're still making manual focus lenses for for different systems sure but I, I picked up, yeah yeah i picked up their m mount um 40 millimeter knocked on which is an f1.4 lens um, manual focus, manual aperture, and, you know, truly coupled to the aperture and focus ring. So it's, it's a real rangefinder, uh, manual focus, small lens. I've got it on my camera right now. I pretty much keep this on my camera all the time. It's kind of my go-to lens right now. Um, would you say it's a 40? Yeah, it's a 40. So, yeah, you know, full like, frame, that's like a 60 or whatever. 60, yeah. So yeah, a, a, photo a, bit, for... <laughs> a, a bit tele for uh, street photography, but I, I kind of like shooting at that focal length. Um, just my, the way I like to shoot, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's an M mount. I had a, I had a Minolta 40 M mount, the M Roker 40, which had a similar actually rendering to the images. They both give a, it's a pretty clean look as far as vintage lenses go, but they do have the softness in the corners when they're wide open. Um, and they both can give a similar kind of 3d pop. So I didn't keep both of them. Uh, I went with the Voigtlander. I kept that. Uh, so does, does the Voigtlander have the little focus tab on it? Like the, like the Leica lenses? Yeah, it does. It's, um, I don't know if you can see it there, but, that's, I, that's I can, the but focus our listeners tab. can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, yeah, it's got a rangefinder focus tab. Uh, the focus throw is maybe only, I don't know, 
60 degrees, 70 degrees or something. So it's, you know, you could focus rather quickly using the tab. And um, I, I always use the focus peaking mode. I don't particularly care for the other two modes in the, in the Fuji, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I haven't found a situation where the focus peaking hasn't been good enough. So I'm happy with it. So on the street, I mean, how, how do you work? Do you keep it at uh, at infinity and just move it, or are you, are I do. you zone focus the whole time? I I pretty much start if if I if I'm shooting a shorter lens, I will zone focus. Yeah, um, yeah. With the I've got this. I have a couple of these uh, TT Artisan manual focus lenses that are made for the Fuji mount, a Chinese company that makes you know manual manual lenses for various uh mounts they also make m mount stuff but i don't have any of their m mount lenses the ones i have are fuji mount if i'm shooting the 17 um i will zone focus almost exclusively when i'm shooting straight because why not um you know set it for a, a meter out and set it to f5.6 sure. and you're good so that's uh, like having a 28 yeah yeah uh, but if i'm shooting the 40 uh, anything longer than like a 35, uh, I'll set it to infinity mm -hmm. and then just use the, the EVF with focus peaking. Um, yeah. Wow. So PT artisan. So that comes in a, in the Fuji mount. Yeah. Yeah. The, I've got two of these TT artisan lenses. They're, they're cheap. Um, they're solidly built, uh, all metal lenses, manual clicky aperture rings and, uh, you know, manual focus rings and they, they are inexpensive. Um, so I'm not quite sure how they make them for the price that they make them. Maybe I don't know what, what don't want to know what's going know. on in the factories over there. Yeah. Um, uh, but overall I've been quite pleased with them. They, um, apparently they have a few quality control issues like any cheap product. Mm -hmm. um, so the copies I have are good copies. Uh, they focus well, they, the renderings, they use vintage lens designs oh, and then really? I, I couldn't tell you the number of elements or like yeah, whether yeah. it's a Tessar design or a Sonar design, but I have the 17 and the 50, uh, the 50 is a 1.2. It's great for shooting at night, very bright. Um, and really when you're shooting it at 1.2 and you, you nail the focus, it gives a really interesting 3D pop to it. Really? So, yeah, I enjoy shooting these these TT Artisan lenses for sure. So uh, what about the 17? Is it, uh, what's the yeah. aperture on that, like a 2.8? It's a 1.4 it's a actually. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, pretty bright for a, for a wide lens. Um and stop down a little it's very sharp wide open it's not super sharp but mm -hmm. if you want to shoot wide and you want to shoot street at night it's a great lens to do it with yeah. like i said even even at stop down just a little you can get a you can still zone focus so yeah i have the sam yang 12 i had that lens for like a month <laughs> <laughs> you had it for a month, yeah. yeah. I've had mine for like six years. I, I don't use it much, but uh, right. <laughs> I moved on. <laughs> these are better. So these are better than the Sam Yang. Well, I 
I don't know if it's better. The, the Samyang was just, I bought it because it was cheap and I shot it and the images look great. It was just too wide. I was like, I'm never going to use this. I don't, oh. I don't shoot this wide. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah I, like yeah. I like it. I got, I'm going to pull it out and go use it. You're, you're yeah. inspiring me. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. But that, that's a good lens for astrophotography. I think a lot of people use it for that. And, really? Huh. Yeah. And it focuses super close too. So you can get some interesting perspectives with that, that wide and that close. I, uh, I had a, I had a Leica Sumacron 35, um, and I, I had a little bit of a fling with the M10. Just you know, I wanted to try, wanted to try the rangefinder style. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's really nice, but it wasn't for me. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I'll keep the lens and get an adapter and mm-hmm. shoot it with my. But then that's that's too long for me. Which lens? The Sumacron, the thirty-five. Oh, okay. Yeah, thirty-five yeah. Sumacron. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. But you know, on the Fuji body, that'd be what yeah. like a fifty. Yeah. Yeah, like a fifty. And, Fifty-five uh, almost. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, plus it was a lot of money. <laughs> I sold. Yeah. It. Yeah, I sold it. Do- I bought a car. No. <laughs> Say so you could do a lot with that money mm-hmm. for sure. Yes, I can. But you yes. know, I, I, I guess the dream for me would be one day to have a, an M10 or whatever the iteration is at that point, and use my M mount glass that I'm collecting on there. So we'll see. You should or get yeah. a two get M240. Yeah, Carl Jeremy's. Yeah, yeah. they're com- coming down in price a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you can't argue with that camera if you if you've seen Jeremy's work. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, they really are. There's something I just uh, I don't know. Sometimes I I have I still have the Q2. Sometimes I wonder, do I? Oh, I don't need it. You know, all you really need is food, water, and shelter, right? You know, so yeah, <laughs> which uh, you know, your friends in Ukraine don't have right now. Yeah. Which, you know. We won't go into that here, but, uh, yeah. but, um, yeah, so I wonder what, in terms of the adapters, mm-hmm. uh, okay. So you've got, you know, you've got some M mount lenses. Do you yeah, use I've... the Fuji M adapter or do you, you get the third party ones? Uh, I've used both for the M mount. I've used both a TT artisan adapter, which is what I had on the Minolta. Um, and then this one I've got on here with the Voigtlander is a K and F. Um, yeah, I just hit up Amazon and read the reviews and and go kind of go for it. Um, neither one of them are very expensive. I think the TC, TT Artisan one was $30, and I think this one was about the same. You know, and they're just dumb adapters. Um, so the Fuji makes an M-mount adapter that has some electrical contacts in it and you know we'll tell the camera what the focal length is and all yeah. that but uh you know you can do costs, that on your own yeah. costs about 10 times as much so yeah it's a, like 200 dollars. <laughs> so I thought, yeah. oh, that's kind of pricey yeah but uh i have a pentax adapter same thing just a dumb metal adapter um and i've got a nikon one too i've got one one nikon lens currently 
I've, I had been looking at the 28 millimeter Nikon vintage lens, but I haven't bought it yet. But I did, I did end up buying a 105, which isn't really for street. It's more for shooting portraits, but I've got that. Um, I have shot a little street with it just for fun, but I can't go out for a day and shoot a 105 on the street. <laughs> Some people do. They're really trying. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I was, um, when I was thinking about getting an adapter, I went on one of, one of the Fuji X forums just to see, you know, and they, and they have sub forums to, to just talk about adapters. And by the way, we are talking about Fuji. That's, that's, that's what we own. You know, you can do this with any camera, right? So, so this isn't the Fuji show, but, uh, you know, people were on there fighting about it, <laughs> like yeah. on any forum. It's like, come on, does it work or doesn't it work? Right. So I, I never did get a definitive answer. So it's nice to to talk to you about it. I don't. I'm I'm easy to please, I guess. I, if it if it clicks into the camera body and then the lens clicks into it and it focuses, I'm I'm good. Yeah. I don't I don't much care what it looks like, although I will from time to time, take a Sharpie and black out the lettering on it. I just don't like it looking too cluttered. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't really care. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about getting a, a Voigtlander. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but does, does it change like your focus distance? Um, no, the adapter, you know, corrects for the, the additional distance that would be on the M body. Um, since the, since the flange distance is, uh, longer on there, you can adapt just about any lens to the Fuji body or any other mirrorless body really. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. That's good to know. Oh, by the way, I, I got, I got to say this. I can hear this in the background. This is, uh, our landscapers are here. <laughs> And they're blowing off the last of the leaves from the winter. They're putting mulch down around the houses. Yeah. So uh, we may hear some some uh, blowers in the background. Nice. And I I got to go so, do that later outside. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it's that time of year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's not particularly nice out today. So, uh, well, that's that's pretty cool. You do that, and um, if. Uh, if somebody were to, to come to your town yeah, and they go, okay, where do I go photograph? Where, where would you recommend they go? Well, the, the place people usually shoot is kind of down in the historic area of Fredericksburg. Um, you know, Caroline Street, uh, Princess Anne Street, where all the historic... Um, Caroline Street used to be called Main Street. It's where all the old businesses are and antique shops and restaurants and stuff. Uh, William street is another one that's a cross street with Caroline. So those, that spot is, I guess, probably where if you looked up photography of Fredericksburg, that's mostly what you're going to see. Uh, so if you want to shoot street photography, those are good. Those are good spots. There's, there's usually a good amount of people there, uh, especially on the weekends or when the weather's nice. Um, there's, there's other spots. Um, you can shoot if you get to know the town. There's a there's a university here too, uh, Mary Washington, uh, beautiful campus. Um, there's always students or other folks walking around there and doing things. Um, 
we've got some industrial park areas, which have some businesses in them, which are cool. Um, there's one called Bowman, which I've shot at a few times. Um, some interesting stuff there. I've been meaning to get back there again soon. I like to go over there around sunset and the way the, the light plays with it. There's some train tracks there next to the industrial buildings. And if you get there while, pe while people are still working, there's some interesting uh, opportunities there. Um, we've got more modern things around Fredericksburg, but they're kind of boring. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even, our, uh, even in, in the streets, uh, a little outside the historic area, there are things to shoot. It maybe require a little more patience, but uh, it's a it's a fun town uh, to shoot. It's got a lot of character for a small town. It's kind yeah, of like really a mini, does. like a like a mini Austin, Texas, or something. Um, got good art scene, um, a lot of art galleries, and and uh, good uh, lately music scene too. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is a nice place. I, I when I was there in October, it was the first time I ever had ever been there. I've driven by it many times, so I was. Uh, yeah, that ended up being so a great day to to do that. There was a lot going on everywhere around town. So I see uh, you seem to shoot at night quite a bit. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess a year or so ago now, my. Actually, my son started working at a restaurant downtown, and I was giving him rides and picking him up from work. So he would get off around 10 or 11, and I would go down a little early and just walk around for a half hour, an hour before I picked him up and kind of got into just shooting at night. The, the street photography group in Fredericksburg, the Fredericksburg Street Photography Collective, uh, uh, when we do our meetups, they're usually after dark, or at least during the winter time there after dark, I guess they'll start being in the daylight soon. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy shooting at night. I like the way the, the light and the shadows are, um, you know, I like that aesthetic, I guess you could say. That's yeah. what you go through all this trouble for, but it, you know, it looks really cool. You know, and you think about People were shooting back in the 30s and the 40s and even mm, mm -hmm. 60s, you know. I mean, yeah. none of them were, like, perfectly sharp. No. And, you I, know, we all gravitate towards that work. Yeah. Um, it's easy to get caught up in the uh, the shot's not sharp or it was out of focus. But it's really not. It's really not. When you look at those vintage, the classic shots, anything shot. 30, 40, 50 years ago is, is not as sharp as the photos that come out today. And does it matter? Not really. <laughs> Nobody looks at them and, and dismisses them because they aren't tack sharp across the frame. So it's really kind of overblown. But yeah, I, I do like the look, these manual focus vintage lens designs uh, give. You know, it's, it's kind of unquantifiable in my mind, people try to explain them or give them different terms, but um, yeah, it's it's, um, it's something that's hard to get unless you're actually shooting them. Yeah, is there was there a big learning curve? Well, like I said, I I just kind of gradually got into it from 
shooting my Pentax lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd been shooting manual focus lenses on my, I still have my Pentax ME Super here with the 50 on it. <laughs> Another thing that the listeners can't see. Yeah. But, uh, so this is the camera I kind of learned to shoot manual focus lenses on and this and that Yashica I used to have. Uh, by the way, that Yashica 45 millimeter lens is an awesome lens. Um, and I've got two old Minolta's sitting around here. I've got a, yeah, I have a Canon 28 F mount. Is that an F mount? I forget what was on. I've, I've got a, I have a, I have a Canon A1 from the mm-hmm. 1970s. Mm-hmm. I bought a 28 for it and I never, I, I've yet <laughs> to use it. Yeah. Get out there and shoot, put a roll, put a roll through it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got a bunch of Triax in the drawer here. Okay. There you go. Well, that's good to know. I might stop by and pick some up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, um, learning learning curve for me it might be different than most people. I think a lot of people want to shoot vintage lenses and haven't before. Um, and it's not for everyone. You might try it and yeah, be like, what? Why? Why do people do mm-hmm. this when an autofocus lens just does it for you? But um, sometimes, me, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, autofocus isn't always best. You're right. There's, there's sometimes when I and that may be a learning curve too. But there's sometimes when I'm shooting autofocus and I wish that I had the ability to just put the focus with my fingers where I want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, a lot of people shoot the like I am. I mean, what they say is it, it forces you to slow down and think. And you don't need that body to do that mm-hmm. because you can have the same type of lens on a Fuji or a Sony or whatever. Yeah, the, the focusing experience is a little different on the M with the rangefinder patch in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've looked through Jeremy's cameras, <laughs> shot them for a few seconds here and there. And uh, it, it's, I think it's, it's an it's a even more tactile Yes, uh, visually tactile experience uh, shooting through that rangefinder patch. But for me, the Fuji focus peaking is almost as good. I like it. I mean, yeah. I, I use it on my Q. I mean, it's not a Fuji, but uh, yeah, same same thing. But it's yeah. got the fo- you know, it's got the focus tab, and mm-hmm. and it it makes a you know it makes a big difference. Boy, this turned into a gear show, but yeah. uh, that's okay. <laughs> that's that's, that's what okay. I wanted. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna have uh, several of uh, Aaron's photos in the uh, in the article, so I encourage you to to look at them. We'll get some of the some of his more vintage looking photographs. As we've been talking, I've been looking through his uh, his Instagram, and there's several in there. I think we gotta gotta show everybody. But uh, so we were talking. Oh, but before we go into this next subject, I want to ask you about. Um, you know, Fuji is famous for their the quality of their JPEGs, mm-hmm. and the uh, you know you can even create recipes to emulate different films. Yeah. Um, but you got but you have the the um, you have the Fuji uh, X Pro three, right? I do. I yeah. I so, started off uh, when I bought a Fuji body. I had an E three. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Not that long ago. When I, I had just 
met some of the other guys in the, in the Fredericksburg group and they were shooting Fuji and got my hands on one. So I bought a used E3 for cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. And who was in town? D DZ from DC came down and shot and he had a pro three on him and I picked it up and I was like, I, I gotta have this camera. So <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I got rid sickness. of my E3 and got a used pro three and I love it. Um, and yeah, it, uh, it has all the latest Fuji tech in it as far as film simulations and customizations you can do. Um, there's a, was it Fuji X weekly site? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, if you go on there, yeah, they he's, have, he's been on here. Yeah. 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 He has a long list of different recipes and film simulations you can program into your Fuji cameras and you don't have to have the latest Fuji camera. There's, there's no, a lot no. of recipes on there for, uh, for any, any generation of the Fuji cameras. So, yeah. so do you um, use those or do you not a, just... honestly, not a lot. <laughs> Are you shooting raw? Um, I do shoot raw. I don't often actually use the raw files. Um, mm-hmm. I have one color profile that I like to shoot on the street that I've set up. It's not, it's not an actual, recipe of fuji x weekly or anything it's based on the astia mm-hmm. uh film sim in the fuji um i just like the way that people look in that in that simulation um and then i have one black and white one that i've set up for street that i tweak it a little bit after dark but um you know i like i love the like a monochrome look it's like yes I guess, I guess i could say that i'm trying to mimic that with what i have set up but yeah that's tough to do it's tough to do yeah can't really do it without a like a like a lens <laughs> and a like a sensor yeah um but uh i i use the monochrome mode on, on the fuji um not the not the across film with sim just a straight monochrome yeah. yeah the monochrome mode and I, I do a little tweaking with the the highlights and the uh mm-hmm. and the sharpness but otherwise it's it's more or less the, the basic monochrome mode and I'll either shoot with the red filter, red filter on it or the, the yellow filter. Yeah. Uh, I find the red filter a little heavy. The red is a little, yeah, little contrasty. Yeah. Um, and it really brightens skin a lot. So it's, it's tough to use the red, especially at night, but, uh, yeah, sometimes I'll shoot the yellow. I'll even shoot the green depending on the lighting. Um, but yeah, just the, the monochrome mode. So there's a lot you can do with those film sims that I haven't done. Um, but I kind of found what works for me at this point. Yeah. I, um, it's funny. I have a X 100 V and I find if I, if I have a simulation set up with a lot of options, mm-hmm. it takes a long time to save it. It must be processing. <laughs> yeah before it before it saves yeah so oh oh yeah if you if you turn the clarity on on any of them oh no i uh, no don't do that but yeah that'll really slow it down yeah your photos are straight out of camera then right just using using (laughs) a jpeg probably a little unconventional or i i don't use lightroom um i have capture one the free version on my laptop Uh, i will occasionally edit a raw file in there, but not, not very often. I would say 95% of the photos I post to Instagram I've taken off the camera 
to my phone uh, via Wi-Fi and edited them slightly, either not edited them or just tweaked them a little bit in Snapseed. Mm -hmm. So I use Snapseed. Um, Snapseed will do raw files now too, although I don't use raw files in them because you can't transfer raw files over Wi-Fi on the Fuji. Um, But for... I'm happy with most of the JPEGs with just a tiny bit of tweaking or cropping in Snapseed. Um, And then that's what I use to post. If there's one I want to kind of rescue or give it a different look to, um, I'll pull the RAWs over to my laptop and use either, either capture one or um, sometimes I'll even use the Fuji X raw studio, which actually Mm -hmm. plug your camera in and it uses the camera processor to process them. So yeah, that's, that's pretty neat actually. Sometimes I'll tweak photos that way a bit. And you can make your uh, recipes in there too. Yeah, you can apply all your your recipes in there. You can make custom ones and save them on your computer more more than you can save in camera. So, so you're are you managing most of your files just in uh, mm-hmm. just in Apple Photos? No, nobody should do what I do to manage my files, <laughs> which which isn't which is basically not manage my files. I'm, yeah, that's, I'm, uh, I'm, that, that gets out of hand. I yeah, mean, it's. I'm open to suggestions. I, I'm not an Apple person, um, so I don't oh. have anything Apple. I don't have an iPhone. Don't have an, oh, I thought you did. Okay. Don't have an iTunes account. Nothing. That's true. In your business, you're going to be working a <laughs> working off of off of Windows or yeah, or maybe I've, even I've, uh, I've got Windows laptops yeah. and I've got an Android phone and <laughs> um, actually all of my JPEGs I have. All of my JPEGs I care about, I have in a Flickr account because I, I got a Flickr account years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Flickr. Uh, people yeah. say it's old school. I don't know. When when SmugMug bought them a couple years ago yeah. and they, they you know, made you get a pro account if you wanted over a thousand photos, I, I just started paying. So unlimited JPEG storage. Good. So Keep it I've alive. Got, I've got a lot of pictures in there. So, uh, uh, and then I have some, I have various backup hard drives with a lot of <laughs> photos on them. So that's probably not the way to go. I need to get them all up on the cloud somewhere. But like I said, all my, all my JPEGs I care about are in Flickr. So yeah, at least good. there's that. Just a bunch of drives you've got. Huh? <laughs> like I said, don't do what I do. No, no. Get a, uh, you know, when, when you finally get around to getting a website, go to SmugMug. Yeah, unlimited storage. Yeah. I like that. My my, my personal yeah. websites on Smugbug. Okay, they're really good people, and yeah, care a lot about photography. Yeah, yeah they've kept kept Flickr alive. So that's, yes, they have so good. much so they they kept Flickr going. It would have it would have fallen by the wayside if they didn't. I'm sure. I actually really enjoy the Flickr app. Not 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 necessarily the website, but the the app on, on my Android phone for, for browsing through photography. I like it a lot more than Instagram, but it's not I agree. Thing. <laughs> Personally, not a big fan of Instagram, but oh, yeah. it's heresy, right? <laughs> you know, to me, yeah. Facebook meta, whatever they are now is a cesspool. Um, yeah. I, I, Facebook's a mess. Yeah. It's awful. Awful. 
I'm sorry. I know people nah. love it and everything, but I'm just giving my personal opinion. Yeah, so, Facebook is a real mess. I kind of agree there. Well, we can't we can't leave without talking about about the Fredericksburg Collective. Yeah, uh, you, you know, you guys have done a great job just pulling like-minded people together. You, know, you have a, a really nice place to meet, by the way. But uh, yeah. Um... So Ted and Sean um, and the other guys that started that group up, um, great people. Um, I'm I've always been amazed at how many street photographers there are in Fredericksburg and how how many people are just interested in it. Period. So, um, but yeah, we we have meetings downtown, right downtown on Caroline Street at Curitiba Art Cafe. Um, that's where we do our meetups twice a month. Um, and like you said, it's, it's been a real good thing for the town, I think, and for photographers to have that group downtown. And, uh, I'm really glad that I found them and that Ted and them started it up and some really talented people who are part of it, uh, Jeremy and other, other you know, half a dozen other people I could rattle off. Yeah, there are a lot of lot of talented people, and I like when uh, when we met. You you guys had a um, a shootout, one day shootout, which was a lot of fun. I came over to be one of the judge judges along with Marcy Lindsay mm-hmm. and and Jeremy Stevens. Who, and uh, by the way, Marcy's going to be one of our featured photographers uh, this summer. I forget exactly which month. Yeah, so, I love her work. Yeah, yeah, she's a, she's a Washington D.C. photographer, but uh, yeah, the shootout was fun. I mean, everybody you had like what two hours, three hours, come back with your best photos. I think we did three. three. Yeah, that's that's kind of a novel idea. Mm-hmm. I think just to go out and shoot and bring back your best photos and no editing, just what you get in your camera, and that's it. Well, Aaron, yeah, they, uh, your group is uh, very interesting. I've run into other cities where people have done it, mainly bigger cities. You know, New York, of course, has a great group. Washington, D.C., Los Angeles is amazing. And uh, But it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I love the fact that a small town yeah. like yours was yeah. pulled it together and does so much with it. So before we go, though, tell everybody where they can go see more of your work. Right now, I basically only have stuff up on Instagram. So it's Picabito, which I told Bob earlier I thought was clever at the time. But now it's just kind of old. But uh, P-I-C-A-B-I-T-T-O on Instagram. Um, That's where I post the things that I like. Uh, I don't have a website. um, I don't post on Facebook. I have a Flickr account, but I don't post street stuff there. Um, and I haven't really posted anything there in a few years. Uh, so that's, that's it. If you want to see my stuff, it's Instagram or nothing. (laughs) All right. Well, that makes it easy. Well, you have to put the one link in there. And of course we're going to include, uh, some of your photos and, uh, sure. Maybe some of the information about the lenses and things that you're, I'm sure you can put that in the article so people can uh, can look that stuff yeah. up. Okay. Well, thanks, Aaron. I appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to get together. 
and I hope to see you in person again sometime very soon. Yeah, I hope to see you later this year, and thanks for having me. It's great.